Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're listening to the Wijha Initiative podcast. These podcast episodes are recordings of our past events that we hold in person on a weekly basis. We hope that by listening to the podcast, you'll be inspired to join us at an event. To keep up with our work, please follow us on Instagram. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما وعملا يا رب العالمين أما بعد. Okay, I'll start with a story. Today, today, and this is a perfect opportunity. I can get you guys to make du'a. You guys are pious people. My son is sick, so I need y'all to make du'a for him. He's sick, and uh, it seems like a stomach bug or something. Anything he eats, you know, he can't keep it down. Drinks anything, can't keep it down. And what, what's difficult in that situation when you have children, you know, who are, he's, he's turning seven in, in like, yeah, next week. Um, what, what, what's difficult in that situation? One is they often don't tell you before they throw up, like just boom out of the, and so the, things get dirty quite a bit. But what's, what's another challenge? For example, for example, they get really thirsty, right? They get really thirsty because of so much. And so when you give them like water, what happens? They chug it. Y'all seen that? They chug it like boom, boom. And you're like, no, don't do that. Because if they chug it, it just comes right back out. But they desperately want it. And it's so hard as a parent when they give you like those eyes and say, but, Abu, I'm thirsty. And you're like, oh, no, I can't give it to you, right? Like, because you know, it's a really tough situation when your child wants something desperately. And it's not even like bad for them. Water's good for them. It's just, you, like, I have to, we have to pull it away from him. He's like, he just, as soon as he gets the cup, he's just like, and we're like, no, really, pull it back. Like, no, stop, stop, stop. Don't drink so much. Drink, but we'll give it to you slowly. And he probably looks at us thinking like, Y'all are enemies. Like, you won't even let me have water. You know what I mean? That's how he is, right? At that age, it's really hard. Someone who's older, they know. They know better than to do that. But like, at that age, he just wants to drink water. Um, and so, so the, the reason I ask that story is because it's a really interesting scenario. And it's, it's, it, can, it reflects a little bit of our situation. So let's keep that story in mind. Okay, I'm not going to explain why I even told you the story. Now I want to ask you guys a question. It's kind of unrelated. If you, if you could design the perfect life for yourself, what would that look like? And like, give it serious thought. The perfect life. What would that life look like? What would you have? What would you do? Where would you be? With whom? What does the perfect life look like to you? Y'all have some ideas? You're like, Shaykh, we've been thinking about that all, like, all the time. Like, you don't have to give us time to think about it. Like, that's what we do every day. Okay, here's my question. How do you know that's a perfect life? You came up with some idea in your head of what you think a perfect life looks like. How do you know that's perfect? 
How do you know? How did you come to that conclusion? We're not here to judge whether your conclusion is right or wrong. Whether the perfect life you envisioned, that you envisioned, whether or not it's actually perfect. That's not what we're here for. We're here to ask, what did you use to get to that conclusion that that's the perfect life for me? Desire. Sure, desire. That's good honesty, man. I like that. Because that's real. Friends and family? Friends and family. What do you mean by that? Like, all together. Oh, you're giving me a specific example of an aspect. No, no, I'm saying, but like, what was the process? How did you figure out that that's the perfect life for you? Yeah, like family connections. I will be strong. I will be strong. No, no, that's not, I'm not trying to ask for a specific example. I'm saying, you think that that's perfect, to have strong family connections. I'm saying, how do you know that? Oh. Any things that give us pleasure? Okay, desires, pleasure, they're connected. Yeah. And, and how do you determine what's pleasurable, what's... Right, right. Right, no, 100%. There's still, I'm looking for an underlying thing. What you said is absolutely true. I'm trying to dig deeper here. What is it? Looking at? Looking at what others have. Okay. But then how do you know that that's perfect? It's back to desires that they have it, so I want it. And I think that if I have it, it'll make me happy. Okay. Anyone else had a hand up? I think someone had their hand up. Okay, society. So what does society do? Uh, it puts it up and it promotes it as an ideal. Right, okay, yes. Yara. Uh, it's not necessarily what you think is um, like us friendly. It's kind of, it's kind of what you think is us friendly. It's not necessarily. How do you know though? Or how would you even come? You don't know. So, yeah, I think my question is very vague. It's not your fault. Like, not your fault. Like, because I'm trying to get an answer that when I say it, you're going to be like, oh, obviously. Like, that's, that's the obvious answer there. Yeah, Benan. Uh, like, feeling like fulfilled or genuine happiness. Okay. How do you know what would give you that? I think it's, like, subjective. I don't think that there's, like, a... Subjectively, how do you figure that out? How do you know you feel happy when you feel close to God? How do I know I feel happy when I'm close to God? You just feel it. I just feel it, yeah. Okay, but what if there's something that like, should I buy this? Should I do that? How do you figure out? Because maybe, okay, here's the thing. Maybe when I asked you guys to envision the perfect life, you thought about certain things that you don't have. Or certain situations that don't currently exist. Maybe? Maybe? Like in addition to maybe what you have right now in your life. How do you know that those things that you don't have and the situations that you don't have, the circumstances that you don't have, how do you know that they'll actually give you the happiness and the contentment and the fulfillment and the perfection that's missing from your life? Yeah. You don't. You don't. Right, but you still came to a conclusion. What did you use to come to that conclusion? Yeah, Lima, Lima. Okay, and that's a form of? Knowledge. I know it's an obvious answer. You used whatever knowledge you have of yourself, of life, of what was taught to you by society, of your past experiences. You used all of that and you figured 
This is what I think would be the perfect life for me. Is that true or not true? Can we agree on that? That's what everyone did. How perfect is your knowledge? Are there things that you don't know? Okay, let's compare this. Let's say when you were five years old, the perfect life that you think right now, is that what a fi- you're, you at, at five years old would think? When you were five years old and if I asked you, what's a perfect life, what would you say? Play all day, don't have to go to school, no homework. Right? See right there. Should I open a school, y'all? I should open a school, eh? No? Yeah, exactly, there you go. Got support. Um, so what changed? What was the difference? Like, Why did you think you have a certain conception of a perfect life at five that's now changed drastically? What changed? Maturity and your knowledge of the, of the world, right? Like the example is if you give like a diamond to like a five-year-old, say you want a diamond, or do you want this remote control car? And they'll be like, a remote control car, shiny rock? No. And you're like, dude, you could buy a million of these cars with that. If you only knew, if you only understood how money works. You ever seen little kids and how money works? When they're really young, they don't understand. Like today, I took my daughters to the dollar store. And on the way home, I'm asking them, I'm like, what did we give the, the, the cashier for them to give us the stuff? And they know the right answer is money, but they're like, we didn't see you give money because we give a card, right? And they're like, but, but did you give money? And I'm like, yeah, we didn't see you give money. And like, they don't understand like the basics of how it works, right? And, and I'm like, where do you get money from, by the way? Right? And... My daughter's like, you gotta be rich. <laughs> I said, oh, who's rich? And she, gave, she named some relative. I'm like, oh, they're rich? She's like, yeah, they have, they have more than a hundred. <laughs> more than a hundred, whatever that means. More than a hundred. I was like, whoa, sick. You know? That's, that's her understanding. She's five, she's five years old. That's her understanding, right? She gets like this thing of you gotta give money, you get some stuff, you gotta, you gotta be rich to have money. Like, and what is rich? hundred. That's the simple understanding. She doesn't get beyond that, right? What changed between five and now is your knowledge and your understanding of how the world works and the different types of pleasures and what gives you satisfaction and fulfillment. That's a whole different conversation. I bet a lot of you weren't even talking about that when you were 11 and 12. It wasn't about fulfillment. Can you imagine talking to like 12 year olds? So guys, you know, like you could just see a teacher standing up there trying to explain, we should pursue fulfillment and whatever, yo. Is that what we got right on the exam? Like that's all that matters. What am I point, what's my point here? We had limited knowledge when we were five. And the, the limits to our knowledge prevented us from truly understanding what was actually a good life. What would actually make us happy? What would, what would be a perfect life? It's like we feel that now we're in a better position to understand what would constitute a perfect life. No? We feel that we're now in a better position. And I've I've mentioned this many times. But every single year, we grow. And and I've mentioned this before. It's probably happened to all of us. Where when you're in a certain grade, like you're in high school, you think you know what's up. And you move to the next year and you look back and you go, dude, what was I doing? What was I thinking? 
look in your wardrobe and said, I wore that? Holy. It was a bad idea. But and you think like, okay, now, I'm, now I understand like what to do and who to be. And then you move in, and it happens every year. You look back at your previous year and go, what was I thinking? Isn't it? When you graduate, you look back at your university days and say, what was I doing? That's what human beings always do. There's always more to learn. The conclusion that we reach today is imperfect. Can we agree? Can we agree here? Because it's based on imperfect knowledge. Limited knowledge. And, and we keep experiencing this, by the way. You ever bought something that you thought would be sick and it turned out terrible? And you're like, oh, this is terrible. This is not what I wanted to buy. And you go and return it. You thought it was going to make you happy and it would be good. You know, I know a story of some person when they first came. It's just like, you know, human beings, when they don't understand things, you, you make big mistakes. The dude bought, you know, like a cake box? You know, like a cake mix? Never seen a cake mix before. Came from a country where there's no cake mix. Box cake mix. Took it home, opened it, and didn't see cake. Voila! And he goes, what's this? Took it back to the grocery store and said, what is this? It says a cake picture. And they're like, dude, you gotta bake the cake. This is a mix you use. Like legit, he didn't know that. You know, like you take it home and you think you know what you're gonna do with it. All my kids do it all the time. Oh, this is my favorite toy for like three days. And there's like a new favorite toy. Human beings always think that something's gonna make me happy. Let me just get that new car. You get it and you drive it for a few months and then you feel cool and then you feel like, yo, this is a sick car, showing off to everybody. And then it's old. And then you want to get the newest one. And you think that's going to make me happy. It's not going to make you any more happy than the previous one. What's my point? In order for you to truly understand what a perfect life would look like for you, what would you need? Perfect knowledge. Perfect knowledge. Wouldn't you? What does perfect knowledge look like? You need to know everything about yourself. Everything. Do you know everything about yourself? The person who says yes is the most deluded, by the way. No, I say that as like a fact. Like, we need to realize we know often very little about ourselves. And unless you do deep work of looking deep inside of yourself and challenging yourself, that's why people are encouraged to challenge yourself. Because those challenges bring out parts of you that you didn't know existed. Do you know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so you need to know yourself. You need to know yourself. You need to know the world around you and how it functions. What do you know about the world? Look, every one of us acts like we know what the world's all about, right? We know how it works. What do you really have expertise in? <coughs> what do you really have expertise in? Let's say you finish an undergrad. You still, you just still, you're still not considered an expert. And if you do a PhD, now you're, start, now you're starting to be considered an expert. But even that, you do PhD in, in what? Not, not in a field. From a field, you take a sub-section, and from that, you find a certain theory, and from there, you take a set, like a strain of that line of reasoning and line of research, and you build on it, and it's, that's what you're an expert in. People are like, I have a PhD in psychology. No, you don't. You literally got a PhD in that little line of research. You know nothing about the other uh, fields of uh, psychology. Let's be honest. Do you understand? You know like very little. You're not an expert in anything else. You're just an expert in your little line. How much would, how much would you have to study to know everything that there is to know? About you, 
about the world, about other people, about the past, about the future, about the cause and effects, that if you do this today, 10 years from now, what will that look like? Do you see how little knowledge we have? Like we barely know anything about anything. We barely know ourselves. Why am I saying this? It's like, yo, Shaykh is very politely calling us stupid. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to remind us that we're not really in a position to sit here and, and, and act like we know what's perfect for the world, for me, for you, for anybody. We're not really in that position. And why is that relevant? That's relevant because of the names of Allah that I want to talk about very briefly today. I don't want to talk a lot about the whole name and explain it in all these details. Um, I want us to understand why we, what the flaw is when we ask certain questions, which I'm not here to blame anybody because at some point, probably all of us, unless you're like a really, mashallah, like super saint, right? Every one of us will have asked a form of this question. Now what's that question I'm talking about? Something happens in life, and we go, why me? Or why, oh Allah, why? Why does it have to happen? What do I do to deserve this? Why this? Or if it's not about us, we ask about the world. We say, what's going on? Oh Allah, like, like, I thought you're the all just. What's all that injustice? Oh Allah, I thought you're the most wise. What's all that? Do you understand my point? That question and that form of question that people ask? And like I said, all of us at some point probably have asked this question. Especially when life gets tough, that's when people begin to ask these questions. That's probably the most common type of question I face. When people come to ask me a question and want to talk about something, I could say 80% of the time, that's the question right there. They're going through something in life, and they're trying to understand. Why? You know, like, what did I do to deserve this? I was trying to be good. Let, let me explain, now let me connect these two things. There, there's a flaw in the question. There's, this question is a natural question to ask, but it assumes something that's very incorrect. We are assuming when we ask that question that we know better than what is currently happening. Allah decides that X, Y, Z should happen. And it's happening in the world. In my life, in your life, or whatever it is. Whatever that circumstance is. And we come along and go, Oh Allah, why X, Y, Z? No, that's not. It shouldn't be X, Y, Z. It should be A, B, C. Do you see the problem? It's like, it's like there's a mistake there. X, Y, Z was a mistake. Oh Allah, like, that's, not, that's not what's supposed to be happening. A, B, C should be happening. Like we have an idea of how the world would be more perfect if it was ABC and not XYZ. Do you get where I'm coming from? Implicitly we're saying, we know better than Allah. Allah, you decided that this, this should happen. And we're saying, oh Allah, like, no, why is this happening? When someone asks that question of why is it happening, what they really mean is, 
something else should be happening. What's that something else? And how do you know that that something else that you want to see happen is better? How do you know that? On, based on what knowledge? Do you understand my point here? Do you guys get that? Does, does that make sense? Like, are we starting to see the flaw in our, our thinking about the situation? Yes or no? Like, oh, I need to make sure you guys understand that. Yeah? I'm not here to like guilt you and say, Astaghfirullah, how could you ask that? How dare you say that? No, because I, I bet you, I bet you, most of you did not have that intention when you, when you asked that question. Implicitly, you're saying that you know better than Allah. That's the implicit assumption that goes into that question. That either you think you know what would look better, or you think that what's happening right now is, is not correct. And you have enough knowledge to declare that Allah has done something incorrectly. And you would say, no, Shaykh, that's not what I'm trying to say. I know that's not what you're trying to say. I trust you. Inshallah, it's not what you're trying to say. But that is what is implicitly assumed if you think carefully about that question. How does the believer approach these types of situations? Situations where you clearly feel that something is not the way it should be. And sometimes you can't help but feel that. Do you know what I mean? Someone's marriage is breaking down. In that moment for them to say, oh, this is totally cool. No, like that's not going to happen. In that moment, they're going to be feeling, Ya Allah, like I, I want this to work out. Oh Allah, I've been praying my fajr. I've been reciting Quran. Oh Allah, like, like why? What did I do to deserve this? Look, so and so, they disobey Allah and their marriage looks fine. And my marriage is falling apart. Oh Allah, why is that? You know, like, they can't really help that point. It's a natural feeling. They're not necessarily even saying that they think they know better than Allah. They're just like, oh Allah, it hurts. That, if, if you ask me to interpret what that question is asking, it, to me it, it says, oh Allah, it hurts. It hurts. And that's what they're trying to say. And so they ask questions of why and stuff. Really, it just, it hurts. And oh Allah, I want you to know it hurts. And I'm, I'm really suffering right now. That's how I interpret that question. To me, that's not kufr and astaghfirullah, you're not happy with Allah's decision. That's not what it is. There's a lot of pain there. But what, the, what we as believers have to do is recognize, on the one hand, that Allah is all-knowing. All-knowing. Which means, He knows everything about me and you. Even the things that we don't know about ourselves. He knows everything about everybody else. He knows everything about our interactions. He knows everything about the world. Every place on earth, land, the seas, skies, the universe. Right? Someone asked me yesterday. They're like, Shaykh, what's your opinion? Are there other humans on other planets? I was like, I don't know, man. Right? Like, I don't know. I, I really have no position to say anything about it. I'm just waiting for Elon. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know, right? Like, I don't know. That's not, it's not, not a position to make a judgment. Allah knows. Allah knows about that. Allah knows the past. Everything about the past. Do you know like six generations up what the name of that grand, great, 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 great grandfather is? Some of you maybe, I don't know. Eh? Maybe someone may have, mashallah. Do anybody have family tree? Anybody here? Seriously? 
Who has a family tree? Put your hand up. Because if you have a family tree, you're a boss. Straight up. Who has a family tree? No? Yeah, like, yo, family tree, man. I really want to start preserving mine from now so that, like, we have it for future generations. I, I, I've made that intention with, like, a relative of mine. Come together. Now there's a lot of technology you can design online. Just start preserving it now, man, because, like, we could... I, I would like to know. Wouldn't you like to know, like, six generations up who the heck was there? And how it all kind of came down and happened? And a lot of us are in a very unique position. We are, like, at the gap where... From a different country to Canada. And there's this big shift. And now there's going to be like a new future for people and, you, and, the, and your family. It's important to, re- to, to, to record that. So my point is, we barely know like five, six generations back. About ourselves. Our own families. Allah knows everybody's family. And everything that took place. Everywhere in the world. Everywhere in the universe. He understood or he knows how that impacted today. What's one of the hardest questions for people to, to, to decide in life when you have a choice? Should I marry this person? Isn't it? It just eats people up, man. I have people come to me looking for advice. And you give them advice and they're still like, but should I do it? I'm like, I'm not about to answer the question for you. What do you think? What? No. Because it just, it's like, I wish I knew the future, Right? I just wish I would know if this would work out. And there's nobody who can tell you if it's going to work out. And it's like, literally, that's where your tawakkud and reliance on Allah is tested. Right? Because you have no clue if it's going to work out. You could be like, but I've known them for three years. Oh, people change. Oh, people change after marriage. So even if you know them for three years, no guarantees. That's for me. Oh, okay. Somebody, somebody's thing right here. Just grab it after, inshallah. So you understand my point here I'm trying to make? Allah knows. And why am, I, why am I emphasizing this point? Because you're like, yeah, we know that. Shaykh, Allah knows everything. Why you got to spell it out? I'm spelling it out so that you understand. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides something, it is in light of complete knowledge of the future as well, of what is in the best interests of His servants. Allah knows all that. Allah knows that. He knows it better than we know it for ourselves. And that's part of when we're taught to trust Allah. Now the question comes, why would I trust Him? Why would I trust Him? Why should my son trust me when I hold him back from something he desperately wants? You ever been held back from something you desperately want, your parents? <laughs> He's like shaking his head big. He's sitting in his dad's lap and he's going, Yes, Sheikh, tell him. Don't worry, man. Why? It's because he knows better. That's it. That's what it is. It's because as a parent, you know better. Especially when they're really young. Especially when they're really young. You know, as you get older and the kids start to know more, they can actually start to know things more than their parents. As they get older. Oh yeah, it can happen. But when they're really young, they don't know. They really don't understand. And parents, if they're decent parents, know better. And so, as a parent, as much as your child wants, but your child, you want them to listen to you out of love, right? They love you and so they trust that, even though, you know, as a child, have, I, have you ever said that? Oh, you don't love me. You won't let me do that. You don't love me. And they're like, dude, carried you for nine months in my stomach. I don't love you. Like, what do you think that is? 
right? Or, or they get so exasperated. I'm sure you've heard this before. When you're a parent, then you'll understand. Y'all heard that one, right? Or have a notebook and write it all down. And when the time comes, you'll remember. Oh, yeah. And you know what, man? A lot of it comes true. Oh, dude, I'm telling you. And if, you have, if you're able to swallow your pride, you'll admit it when the time comes. My point is what? My point is, just like, like, and I told you that story of my son, for what reason? To explain how my son thinks he knows what's best for him right now. Because it's going to make him feel better. You know, we're talking about pleasures and desires. It's going to make me feel good right now. And I'm the father and, you know, my wife's the mother telling him, no. And he's looking at me like, what's wrong with you, man? I just want water. And he's like, it's not, there's, there's reasons. Can I explain it to him? No, he doesn't get it. Right? And so we just need him to trust. Because we know better. We have a better understanding. That's, that's the reason. With Allah, وَلِلَّهِ الْمَثَلُ الْأَعْلَى The analogy doesn't even hold up with Allah. Because I could still be wrong as a parent. Right? I could still be wrong. And I've had many people come, and they've, tell, they've told me this, you know? They're like, so that's why Islam says it's haram. Right? They didn't realize. It was, in, it was in their khayr, it was in their goodness. Islam made something haram. But they were like, nah, no, nah, I, I think it's alright. I'm different. Everybody else? No, I'm different. I, I know how to handle this. Did it, they got stung, and then they came to me, Shaykh, Shaykh I, I know why it's haram now. <laughs> there you go. Alright. Took the long way. Took the painful way to realize that. Right? Because Allah knows better. And not only does Allah know better, because people can have knowledge and make a mistake with that knowledge. Is it not true? It's like, knowledge is good for good people and bad for bad people. Because you give knowledge to the person of, who's evil, they're going to use that for evil. Do you understand my point? That's like the premise of like half movies, right? Yeah, it's like, the bad guy gets the, all the knowledge, like, oh snap, now we're done. Right, because now he's got all the stuff that if we had, it would be good, because we're good. And he's the bad guy. You understand? So, so the question becomes, okay, Allah knows everything, but, but what if, what if? Makes a mistake. And it's like, Allah is Al-Hakim. Al-Hakim. And Al-Hakim has a different meaning. We translate it as the all-wise. What does that even mean? And that's the thing, right? We don't even know what words mean anymore. If I ask you, what, what does a wise person look like? You probably think of some old guy sitting there going, <laughs> right? That's probably what you think. No. You can have someone doing that who knows no idea what they're talking about. It can be. It can happen. What is wisdom? The scholars gave a, def a definition for it. Alright? To place something in its rightful place. To know what the thing is, to know what that place that it should be in is, and to place it there. It is that, and let's read out a quote, right? When we say Allah is all wise, it's that the one who does the proper thing in the proper way, in the proper place at the proper time. Do you understand? Because you might have knowledge, but you don't know what to do with it. Do you know what I mean? You might have knowledge, but you don't know what to do with it. So you have money, but you don't know how to invest. So how many times do you go, you know, like you lose all your money and you're investing over and over again. 
Got it. You know that there's a thing called investing. So what do people tend to do? And let's be honest now, and I want because I want to point out every one of you does this. You trust people who know more than you. It isn't that pushed on you too? You should have a mentor. How many people have been told that? In your career, you need to have a mentor. And people are like, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, but you should listen to a sheikh or a scholar. Astaghfirullah, no, why would I do that? No, it's like ajib, right? Like, like, no. When it comes to a career, of course, mentor. Everywhere else, no. It's very strange. You listen to people who know how to invest. And so when they tell you to hold, you hold. And they tell you to sell, you sell. That's what you do. Every one of you trusts people to make the decisions that you've made in your life. Think about it. Sometimes we trust our friends. Isn't it? Yo, should I do this? Should I get into that program? Yeah, you know, I have a friend who did it and this is awesome. And you're like, okay, that's my, that's my career. My whole future. Based on what? Based on a conversation over bubble tea? About my career. Look at, look at the, the, the thoroughness of our thought pattern right there. But we trust people, right? We trust people. We trust like these testimonies that we don't even know if it's true. A friend of a friend. You will not trust Allah who knows everything? Everything. About anything there is to know? And that's, that's, that's something we'll struggle with. And I'm going to finish with this point here. This is not something you can switch overnight. This is a war you will have within you as you go through life. Where you face situations that really upset you and that really are difficult for you. And you really feel like things are not going the way that you would like them to go. But to remind yourself over and over again that Allah, and it's beautiful, you know, you see people post this online a lot. Allah has a plan for me. <coughs> Allah knows best. And so I trust that whatever is happening, as much as it upsets me, you know, to use an expression, we know we're in good hands. When Allah is calling the shots, we're in good hands. To trust His decisions. This is known as الرِّضَى بِالْقَضَى To be pleased with the divine decree. Oh Allah, I'm trying my hardest for this, but I recognize that the outcomes will be something that maybe not what I want. You apply for that job and that's the best you could do. Prepare, apply, and then the decision is not in your hands. And whatever the outcome is to say, that outcome, that decision, was not made independent of Allah. It was all within Allah's knowledge. Allah's knowledge is perfect, so I trust His knowledge. And I say, this is not for me. Why are you so confident? Because you trust Allah. Do you understand? And we could talk a lot of, like the Quran has many stories about this, but I don't want to prolong it. If you want, I recommend you read the story of the Prophet Yusuf Allah explicitly talks about Your Lord is knowledgeable and wise. And then the story is told. What happens in the story? Very briefly. What happens in the story? He's told at the beginning, you're going to become very special. Allah is going to bless you. Allah says. Right? His father tells him, Allah is going to... He's going to complete his blessings upon you. What ends up happening? Is it like he wakes up the next day and mashallah, the blessings are here? No! It's like anything but a blessing. Thrown in a well, sold off to slavery, put in jail, accused of like stuff. Like, 
how many things happen. And all along, imagine, like, if that was me and you, what would we say? Where are those blessings you're talking about, Allah? But he never once complained. And that's the lesson we're taught. To be patient. It may not be today. It may be tomorrow. It may not be tomorrow. It may be never. But Allah knows best. And finally at the end, when everything worked out, what did he say? My Lord knew best. Subhanallah. In Rabbi Latiful Limayasha, he says, My Lord is subtle in the way he does things. They're not always obvious how he's doing things. And he's the most knowledgeable and the most wise. Also consider reading the story of the Prophet Musa and Khadr in Surah Al-Kahf. In Surah Al-Kahf. That story is all about that too. Nobody knows everything. And, and I'll finish with this ayah of Quran. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us. Like if you're willing to trust people of the world that you think know more than you, وَفَوْقَ كُلِّ ذِي عِلْمٍ عَلِيمٍ At the end of the day, the one who knows more than everybody is Al-Alim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you're willing to trust anybody in the world, then you should be willing to trust Allah and trust His knowledge and His wisdom. It's, but it's going to be a war. And you're going to fight with yourself. And there's going to be days where you can't help but say, but why Allah? I really don't like it. And then maybe down the line you'll realize. You know what I mean? Maybe before you pass away you'll realize. If not, probably in the grave you'll realize. May Allah give us that realization as early as possible. Ameen, ameen. May he, may he make us content with His decisions. And may He make us remember His knowledge and His wisdom. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair to everybody for coming out. Um, أينما تكونوا يأتي بكم الله جميعا إن الله على كل شيء قدير